Welcome, welcome, welcome to Learning Together, a Prairie South podcast hosted by Logan Petlock. This is episode nine, Eyebrow School, featuring Elise Aitken. So hello, wake up, good morning, good afternoon, hello, hi. Uh, Energy Today is brought to you in part today by a morning workout. I finally woke up early this morning and I got to get a workout in to start the day. I've been slacking lately. If you've been listening to this, you know I've been slacking lately because Cole... Cohen, my, my kid, doesn't sleep super well and consistent with the sleep in the nights, but thanks to the support of Cohen's wonderful mama, I went for it. I got up. I went to the gym. Um, you know, at five, five, five o'clock-ish, the cats helped wake me up, but I got the workout in. I feel really good. I uh, made myself a breakfast smoothie afterwards, shared a little bit with Cohen, and we drank and drank and drank it until it was... All done. All done. All done. It was great. Nice to share a little brekkie with him, too, you know? Really good start to the day. Can't ask for much better than that. Um, <clears throat> okay, um, so I'll I'll throw out the next step we normally do is feedback about recent episodes. But uh, as part of my journey as trying to be a better uh, Indigenous ally, um, is I need to start doing the acknowledgments at the start. Uh, kind of ground us a little bit first, but but we are in Treaty Four territory, the traditional lands referred to as Treaty Four territory, uh, which includes the original lands of the Cree, Ojibwe, Soto, Dakota, Nakota, Lakota, and is on the homeland of the Métis Nation. Uh, Prairie South, we respect and honor the treaties that were made on all territories. We acknowledge the harms and mistakes of the past, and we are committed to move forward in partnership with Indigenous nations in the spirit of reconciliation and collaboration. And I'm not sure if I mentioned this uh, this quote recently, but um, <clears throat> there was, oh, now I'm... Uh, Chief Camus Delorme, we were at the Indigenous Education Symposium a couple weeks ago following the recording of this. No, prior to the recording of this right now. And um, really, really good opening bit where um, Cadmus had mentioned that uh, st- start with your heart. Uh, so hopefully I, I, I try to lead with my heart a little bit sort of thing. But something that uh, starting with the acknowledgements too, I think is a really good practice and going beyond what the acknowledgements actually means too. So trying to be a little bit more intentional is something I've been trying to do when I'm when I'm in classrooms or when I'm, I don't know, talking to staffs and stuff like that. So something to, something to think about. Uh, go uh, Try to go a layer further in terms of what the acknowledgements look like for you in your context. So feedback from people about recent episodes. Um, if you caught the episode before I touched it up, I got I was able to do a little bit of an edit. Well, even though while it was posted, but Lonnie was a little bit quieter than me, which I feel like is indicative. A lot more soft spoken and a lot more wise than I am. But um, so I had to I had to edit out or not edit out, but touch up some of the sound, turn him up and turn me down a little bit. But um, yeah, so may, hey, maybe you didn't catch it, and it's good. It was a great episode. See, just ask me. Um, but I, I got some pos- positive feedback. One of our loyal listeners, Jody. Uh, thanks, Jody. I, I know you're probably listening to this right now. So, um, you know, any little bit of positive feedback's good. And when I think of like being in the classroom, there's little subtle things where maybe you take or students take a risk on something, and it's something that uh, when someone even gives you some sort of simple compliment, it's validating. It feels good, and you know, like I. I mentioned putting my heart out there sort of thing. This this isn't necessarily entirely my heart, but I certainly feel like a little bit of a clown sometimes as I do this stuff. And when someone makes a little bit of a positive comment to acknowledge it, um, you know, makes it all worthwhile. Good reassurance, and I'm very appreciative of that. So specifically, Jody, thank you very much and hope you enjoy this episode, okay? Um, what's up for this episode? This episode, we are interviewing Elise Aitken, who is the principal out at Eyebrow School, and there are a lot of... Drinks. 
out and around there. And now I'm second guessing. I feel like the last time I was out there might have been at the start of this school year or maybe at the end of last school year. But I feel like they had a grain elevator there now. But uh, hey, maybe right now you're shaking your head at me while you're driving in your car, setting up something in your classroom right now. And whatever. Yep. Just just judge me. And I, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Lots. Um, just ask any anyone who knows me. Um, okay. So uh, eyebrow school. School Department Spotlight. That's our, This is our school spotlight. It's a K-12 school, about 45 minutes northwest of Moosha. Northwest. Yeah, northwest of Moosha. Uh, 30 minutes east of Lake Diefenbaker. Wonderful big lake. Um, big dam. Yeah, lots of water there. Summer plans. There you go. Go hit it up. Uh, they have a little bit over 10 staff members, and I believe they just have just under 50 students, I think. Um, and, of course, much like all schools in Prairie South, it occupies Treaty 4 territory. Um so, this interview is with Elise. Elise is amazing. Um, I think we really only ever engaged with one other, like, prior to this interview um, over MSS. Uh, and someone just mentioned, like, hey, Elise might be someone good to talk to. And, yeah, just just reach out and see what happens. And uh, Elise went for it. And we'll we'll talk about, uh, I'll, I'll mention some other things associated with uh, the prep work and stuff for Elise. Uh, I think during the interview we talked about, but also a little bit post, but... Um, it, it she put herself out there a little bit in terms of it's not necessarily a comfort area, and you know it's it's it was a great, uh, I guess, modeling of of doing something you're uncomfortable with with provides you opportunities to grow. Hopefully, she felt like she grew from it. It was a good conversation. I thought it was so, but there's a lot to learn about leadership, a lot to learn about rural education in this one. Um, so you, you're in for a treat. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Let's get on over to it. Okay, so our guest today is the principal out at Eyebrow School, Elise Aitken. How are you, Elise? I'm good, thank you. I'm, okay, good, good, good. All right, um, so uh, I feel like we've only maybe met once or twice, um, and I'm not even sure how long you've been principal out at Eyebrow, so if you want to open with that, and we'll kind of pry into your, your educational life. Okay, um, I've been principal probably at Eyebrow. Tw- this will be my 21st year of principal Okay. Okay. Wow. All right. So what, what, uh, what before that? I was just teaching. Okay. Also, also at eyebrow? <laughs> well, no, I've taught in a variety of different places. I, before I, I taught up north in Silver Valley, Alberta, my very okay. first year, got hired from university interviewing. Okay. And I spent one year there. Then I came to eyebrow for a year, covered a leave. Okay. And then I got a job in Medicine Hat. Okay. So I moved to Medicine Hat. And covered another leave there. Okay. And then from Medicine Hat, I went to Watrous. Okay. Okay. And taught three years there. And amongst all that time traveling or whatever, that's when I met my husband. Okay. So we got married there, taught another year in Watrous, and then came to Eyebrow. Okay. So originally from Alberta then? or No. Nope. Okay. I'm originally from Richmond, Saskatchewan. Okay. Okay. And then university then, did you go U of R, U of S? Or? U of S for of my S. education degree and U of R for my master's. Okay. okay. And what's your master's in? Master's is in education. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. So I, I so Watrous, Silver Lake, you said? Silver Valley. Silver Valley. Okay. Okay. And I guess was that just, uh, that's where the job was and ended up? There? Yeah. I'm like not a, familiar with where it is, I guess. Silver so. Valley is in Northern Alberta. Okay. Pretty okay. much just... Um, Probably an hour and a half north of Grand Prairie. So it was a very interesting community. It was a school, and everybody lived around on farms or acreages. 
Okay. So my first year I rented an acreage because there wasn't a town. Okay. There was just a school. Okay. Okay. That was like just literally the community hub was just the school itself. Okay. Yeah. And probably a mile away from the school, there was a skating rink. Okay. And a mile the opposite direction was the community store, post office, gas station, which was actually just a building. Okay. Okay. And so I, uh, I wanted to... Uh, you got uh, family, so husband, and you have some daughter. Did I, did I, am I right in remembering that uh, figure skating is a thing or some skating in the family? Yeah, I have two girls. Okay. One is a hockey player. My okay. oldest daughter, Jose, is a hockey player. Okay. And she's actually playing in the States right now. She goes to King's College in Pennsylvania. Cool. Okay. So she was recruited there. She's in her last year. She'll be coming home. Okay. And my second daughter, Justine, is the figure skater. Okay. And she's in grade 12 this year and okay. will be moving to university next year. Okay. And out at Eyebrow? Grade nope. 12? Oh. Yeah, she's in grade 12 in Eyebrow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, this is a little bit off script, so, but how, how's that navigating when you have when you have your own kiddo in the school as an admin? How does I've it? had it all the time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so, 21 years, so that adds up. Yeah. Yeah. So, and actually... <laughs> My dad was also an administrator growing up in Richmond, so okay. it was just, it didn't make any difference really for me, right? Familiar territory now. Is, yeah, okay. and in Ibrow, there's quite a few of us teachers who teach our children. Okay, right, right, right. yeah. That, okay. So it's just part of living in a small rural community. Okay, okay, and I guess the the reason why in part, like my, so my family grew up just outside of Melville and Goodeve, and my my dad's dad was the principal in that school, and I feel like my dad's dad was quite hard on my dad. So, like, I know that's a dynamic that sometimes exists, but I yeah, it, it definitely exists. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> There's no doubt. Okay. I my okay. kids tell me all the time I'm a mean administrator, so that's all right. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned there was a skating rink outside of the place in Silver Valley. So, is skating something that's been a passion of yours? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, both myself and my husband figure skated. Okay. And then I also played hockey. So, I don't know. My kids both like being on the ice. Take and on what, uh, yeah. yeah. It's kind of interesting because our oldest daughter, we started her in figure skating, and all she wanted to do was play hockey. Got it. So then my second daughter, we started her in hockey thinking, hey, that'll work, both playing hockey, but all she wanted to do was figure skate. So... <laughs> what you plan for, what actually <laughs> happens is few and far between. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. It okay. all worked. The only difficult part is, of course, in the small rural community, you're traveling all the time, right? Because right. in order to, to be on the teams or to skate, you got to travel. Right. But I, Eyebrow has a rink out there. We right? do. We have yeah. an outdoor rink. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And I guess the reason I was in Ben Goff a couple week uh, weekends, no, weeks ago for the, the reality check and like right across from the school, they have the rink there yeah. too. That like my brain is teaching at Central for as long as I'd like, that would be so great to have a rink just like right by there that even lunch hours and stuff would be cool to, yeah. cool to and, hit up. So. And, we, and we do, but then for team reasons, right? Like, so my oldest daughter, Jose, when she was in grade 10, made the Prairie Fire team in Melville, the hockey team, okay. the AAA. Okay. So then, of course, she had to be there, right? right? So she would go there for school, and then when hockey season was over, we'd come back to Eyebrow. Got it. Um, with figure skating, it was a little bit easier because my daughter skates both out of Moose Jaw and Regina. Okay. And so we're just on the road lots. Logging some miles. Yeah. Okay. So, and I guess in the current context that we're in right now, like, decently fuel the economic vehicle <laughs> as well? Forerunner. Come on, okay. we live on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So, um couple different positions and like eyebrow and then leaving and then coming back to it afterwards. What, uh, what all have you taught 
within that, I guess, too? What were the contracts like? I have taught everything from probably kindergarten to grade 12. I have never taught chemistry. Okay. okay. But when I first taught in eyebrow, I taught in the middle years math and sciences and okay. English. And then when I came back to teach in eyebrow, I taught the phys ed and then the maths and sciences and some English. Okay. And yeah, like now I teach whatever needs to be taught. Got it. My favorites are still math and sciences. Okay. But I was senior English teacher, grade 10, 11, and 12 for a long time and phys ed. Okay. K to 12 and I don't know, whatever. The only thing I will not teach is chemistry. Okay. And is that just like a... Like what's the, if there's any chemistry teachers listening right now that might be getting. It just, it just wasn't an interest of mine. It wasn't, it wasn't a a forte. Not that I can't do it. I just, I would prefer the physics. I prefer. Right. Yeah. Okay. The other part of the science, I guess. Okay. Okay. So, um, uh, administrator at Eyebrow for 20, what, what led to the direction to administration? Why was, uh. Someone needed to do it. Okay. Okay. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. I was teaching there for two years, and the principal that was there before me was moving to a different position. And she came and asked me, it's like, well, I've never wanted to really be a principal. Like, right. But it was like, someone, yeah, if someone has to do it, I can try. Right. Pretty much. And here we are. And here we are now. 21 years later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So I guess... Um, uh, with all the traveling and stuff like that, you, you were at Eyebrow, then you left Eyebrow. So coming back to Eyebrow was like, is, was, was that part of the plan? And is your husband also small town Saskatchewan as well? That Well, my husband grew up in Eyebrow. Okay. That, okay. So that's our- pretty much how it happened. <laughs> Started there, left, thought I was escaping. Got it. <laughs> and got dragged back. Okay. <laughs> well, and plus, you know, when I was there the first time, I was just doing a leave and there was not another job. Okay. Right? So, and I had both Alberta and T- Saskatchewan teaching certificate. Medicine right. Hat was close to my home base. Where I grew up. So it was like, yeah, I can go there and teach too. It didn't matter. I just wanted to teach and have a job. Right. And then, of course, one thing led to another. And then you get married and it's like, well, I guess we should probably figure out where we're going to where we're going to live. And so we actually live on the family farm, like his family farm. Okay. So married into the community. Got it. Okay. So um, through your contract, like predominantly rural? Yes. And for most of them? Okay. Except for the... Well, yeah, because watchers I still consider rural, right. really. Yeah. And I guess the only time I wasn't rural was when I taught Medicine Hat. Okay, okay. And I, I guess w- what I want to segue from that is, and me, my experience, like, limited to no rural apart from the visits that I've done, is I feel like multi-grade instruction is a very, like, significant piece to rural school. So um, I guess to pick your brain, like, what's the what's the diversity of, like, grades that instructed out at Eyebrow and stuff like that, too? Like, what's some of the ranges and stuff that uh, you teachers have to navigate curriculum-wise, too? For sure, double grade. Okay. So I, as an administrator, I try to plan that we're only double graded, like, for the core classes. Okay. So when we have math, math and science, right, and English, we try to keep two grades together okay so for the non-core like phys ed we can do bigger grades um sometimes we quad grade so i have do have quad grade for arts ed okay you know or more right so um depending on my staffing and the ability of my staff so um one year i taught math grade three to six all at once so the numbers really designate my grade combinations. Okay. But I try to stay double for my senior maths and sciences. Okay. 
and English, just because they're hard classes that you need, you know, be able to focus and not jump so much. Right. But um, we're big at teaching our independent grades, like our independent classes. Even though we're double grade for English, we will still teach English 20 and English 30 to those kids. We don't right. overlap. So our core subjects are independently taught per grade. So our maths and our, our English is. So when I have math 3, 4, 5 together, I teach math 3, math 4, or math 5. Okay. And we kind of do that. We do that all the way up. Okay. And I guess how do you how do you navigate that? Like, what's the what's the strategy for you to do the three, four, and five at once? I you know I find it easy to do because that's all I've ever done, and I grew up that way. Okay, got Does it. Does that make sense? I think so. Like, uh, like, and for me on the outside looking, it's like I think of like, oh, like I, I just had to teach environmental science and bio thirty and stuff just to, at what like enviro was that hour sort of thing. That when I look at it from the outside, it's like whoa, like really like three curriculums at once. But I guess when it's when it's familiar and something that you've seen done slash have done throughout yeah. your career, I guess the comfort would be established there. Yeah, so. and don't get me wrong, it's a lot of planning. And I maybe make it harder on myself because not only do I teach individual grades, but I teach individual students because I don't feel as though one, a faster student that catches on to math faster should have to wait for everyone to catch up. Okay. So I teach the individual child in the math because I find it easier. Right. So I might have a kid in grade three on unit three, and I might have a kid in grade three on unit five already. Right. Okay. Okay. Got so it. So I just plan for each individual child because that's how I see it. Right. Which I guess aligns with what best practice would be anyway, right? Right. Because like, you would want to be adapting to the needs of the yeah. individual child. So, yeah. Okay. So, you know, when, when people talk about DI, we do it all the time. Right. Yeah. Right? Like that's part of how we teach in the world because you have such a wide range of curriculum and ability right right okay right so when i taught medicine hat and i taught two science eights and two science sevens after being in rural it was like wow (laughs) right like and and i'm not saying it's not hard because i had 36 kids in the in the class right right so i mean there's definitely bonuses and negation for both right areas yeah yeah the yeah yeah, and I'm thinking of my class, like 25 to 30 kids, but how many would be in your, your math three to, is it three to six? This year, it's just three to five because of five. numbers. Okay. Right. So okay. it varies. Sometimes I have 15 kids. Sometimes okay. I have eight kids, right? right. Like, okay. So depending on numbers, that all decides as an administrator, my classroom combinations. Got it. Okay. And I, I want to come back to the administrator, but I guess I have one more probing question yep. to that is, um, so... How, how does the, like, if there's, like, if you have an hour or whatever for that, how does that kind of look that you can differentiate for all those, for eight different, or let's say 10 different students in your class that are four different things and in different units yeah. and each of those outcomes? How does that kind of look? How do you navigate so it? So I have a lesson plan for each child. Okay. And I have a teaching table at the back. Okay. So okay. I can teach them. And sometimes I have to teach them all at once, and they're all on different pages, right? Yeah. So the kids know in my classroom I can do three different lessons at once at the table. Okay. So I can teach a grade three class. I can teach a kid in grade four and I can teach a kid in grade five, but that's probably my max. Right. And then the kids know if they have a big question, they can come stand. So the kids that are working while I'm teaching, if they have a big question, they can come and stand there and I'll, I'll help them through that question. If it's a little question, they will just ask me from their desk and I can quickly answer that. Okay. So I teach three kids at once, maybe different things, but I have all my lesson plans set out for that student. And then once I'm done, they leave. And if someone else is ready to be taught, they come and they go off and do their work. If I'm teaching three kids and I have one kid that's like, I'm done, 
I have them trained now that they know they can go to my resource bookshelf. Okay. And they can grab flashcards that they want to go through. Sometimes they'll ask me, can I go on to the the, the math website you set okay. up for us? Yeah. Okay. Can yeah. I go into Google Classroom and do this? Yeah. And it's all math related, but it gives them games that they play with or they do right. manips or they work together with flashcards or something. So it depends. And I bring my flashcards and my games and everything out on my bookshelf that match the units that they're in. Got it. So okay. it's just, it gives them that extra one-on-one time or they work with a partner and help each other, but it's always related to what they're working on. Right. So if you walked into my classroom right now on the bookshelf, we're all working kind of through fractions and so at different levels or telling time. And then all my bookshelf has all those different resources that they can pull from or play with okay. to work on while they're waiting. And it's usually not a long wait. It's not like they're sitting there a half hour. Right, right. It might be 10 minutes. Right. Right, but I don't want them sitting there 10 minutes twiddling their thumbs. Right. And so they know their routine and they just know, oh, I I get to do flashcards. Yeah, you get to do the flashcards while I'm finishing up. Even the usage of them saying, I get to do flashcards speaks to like how... It's, it's, it sounds like a wonderful classroom environment that they are independent learners, right? Yeah. That like they're, they're motivated to do those things. I get to do it, which like I, when I think of my classroom experiences in math, I don't know if I ever used, I get to do right. this practice in math. So, yeah. And then it's also neat too, because I can have a grade five kid volunteer to play a game with the grade three student if they're both finish their work and they're waiting. Right. And then I'll have a grade three student say, oh, can I do this game with them? I said, well, that's really hard stuff, but sure, give it a try. So it's kind of almost like pre-teaching or reinforcing what I'm already teaching done through independent work or pair work or partner work or group work. Okay. Okay. And I guess that's something that from, again, limited experience personally, and I need to make that very clear. Um, But from what I read about multi-grade or split-grade classrooms that like, that collaboration between grades too is a really good opportunity to get the older kids kind of taking on mentorship roles and stuff yeah. with the younger kids too. But I never even thought of the pre-teaching piece that it kind of does some of the work for the next year's curriculum and stuff as it well, does. right? Yeah. So, okay. Or they'll help and they'll say, well, this is how I do multiplying. And right. so I have a grade five kid the other day teaching a boy in grade three how to multiply and he just showed them with the games that they were playing how they would do it. Got it. Okay. And then I, I try to incorporate Fridays as math game Fridays. Okay. So our math game Fridays, we I pull out whatever it is we're working on in curriculum for each of the grades and kind of blend it, and okay. we play games related to that. Or I know my next units in these three grades are going to be about this, so now we're going to use this game to pre-introduce whatever we're doing next. Got it. In an engaging way. That's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and they love it. Okay. Okay, and I, I, I guess, yeah, like I, the, the culture building around math and stuff like that, like it, it, when you say they love it, that's cool. And I, again, when I speak to my experience, not to say I didn't have wonderful teachers and stuff, but it very much felt like work, I guess, if that makes sense. So it's cool to hear that culture that exists. In your, right, in your and class. then I don't teach them again till grade 9 and 10 math. Okay. And so I have two math teachers, me and another person, and we, we share, okay. right? So I teach the 3 to 5, and then she teaches the 6 to 8, and then I teach the 9 and 10s, and then she does the 11 and 12s. Okay. So that they get different people instructing too. Right. So, I mean, I could do it all the way, but then that doesn't give them a vast knowledge a from someone else. Yeah. Okay. And so when I get them back in grade 9 and 10, it's like, do we still have math game Fridays? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. Sweet, cool. But they're still related to what we're learning. And I, that's like when, when I think of how like, I don't know, 
grade nine, ten, in my experience, is like when the adolescent chip starts to develop in the shoulder too. So the fact that they're asking about games mm-hmm. coming up too is a really cool way to I don't know see the longevity of when you establish those skills routine. early. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it yeah. kind of pays off later. So um, to the phrase routine, and sorry again, I'm a little bit no, off script, but. Um, so it sounds like your learners are really independent and you use the phrase, like you got them trained up sort of thing. So how did, how, what's the, if a teacher was listening to this right now, it's like, okay, what's the, what can I learn from Elise and what's kind of your system to help get them to the train? And I guess an extension of that too, is like you mentioned having the resources yeah. as well for each of the different uh, units and stuff. Like how long did it take to curate that <laughs> long? as well? Okay. Okay. <laughs> years um, and years of teaching. And then there'll be something that I hadn't done for a long time and I'll be digging through my sub be like, Oh, I bet you I could do this now. Right. Okay. Right? So it's just a lot of gathering and a lot of, don't get me wrong, a lot of evenings of finding stuff. I was like, ooh, I bet you I could make that into something. Right? right? But so, yeah, it takes a lot of work. Right. And now you got to remember, if I have them from grade three to five, when I get them in grade three, I can train them up. And right? good for the next two years. Right. But yeah. also remember, if I have had them for that long, my grade fives also train my grade threes. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yes. So it's all about routine and patterns and big learning from little and, right? And so it helps that if I've, I mean, if I was fresh coming in, you're going to take three years to get them trained up. Right. Okay. But I've been there long enough that they help me help the the new ones coming in. Got it. Okay. Okay. Um, and I guess the, my, my final question to it too, and I, I, like when we met, I was out visiting a new teacher once upon a time ago, and I remember there being a like a desk at the back where Matt, I think Matt McCurry was working with a teacher. Yeah. And I guess um, how much, uh, like you mentioned as well, like having a different teacher teaching them, how much overlap do you find kind of exists between, um, like when I think of this culture sort of thing, like how mm-hmm. much of that culture kind of still maintains throughout, but what diversity kind of exists from one to the next and is... I guess in my head, when I hear you just kind of like, oh, okay, I bet that's where Matt got it from sort of thing, oh, but it's no. probably something there, but I, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know, because I'm a big believer that kids learn in so many different ways. If I was the only math teacher in the building, would they learn other ways? Right. Right. Right? Yeah. And and I also, when I teach them something in math, I don't just teach them one strategy and say, like, when I was taught math, you were taught one strategy, you better learn how to do it and, and make it work. Yeah. Now... I teach them different strategies and say, and then I watch them and it's like, this is your best strategy. You work with this one the best. Got it. Okay. You know, and then all of a sudden I get them back in grade nine. It's like, okay, we already know that this strategy is not going to work for you because I remember we'll try it. But by the time I'm at this time in grade nine math, it's already like, I'm not going to teach you that strategy because you tend to do all of these. So we're going to focus on this strategy. What works for you. Right. Got it. Okay. And I guess like the, the curriculum kind of lends itself to, cause it's like symbolically pictorially and stuff. Right. Too, so you have an idea by, okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Interesting. I, my, sorry, I say interesting. My brain's like thinking off. So like, if only we had like that kind of continuity available in certain like urban schools. Right. right? So I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then, and you got to remember, I don't teach them just math. They have me for science too. They have me for a variety of others, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Practical and applied art. Like, it's not just so, I mean, it's continuity throughout because they yes. don't just see me for the one subject. Got it. Okay. So, um, subject aside then, how, do, how does administration fit in? Like, how does the day look for you to sneak, uh, sneak I don't. that aspect in as well? I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I do, like, I try to schedule so I have, oh, I have it, try to have one period of admin. 
Okay. Every day. Okay. Sometimes I'm lucky. I might get more. Um, I don't know. To me, admin is something that I can look after after. Right. Okay. Unless it's an emergency and my staff is really good. Like if I'm in my room teaching, I'm in my room teaching. Okay. They don't come get me out for an emergency unless it's absolutely emergency. Right. Like they know that that's my protected time. I want to be in the room teaching. Right. And so my staff is very supportive by saying, oh, no, she's in there. We can deal with that later. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. and the kids know that too. And the, I mean, the kids know too, if I'm being called on my classroom, it's Legit. important. It's, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. So they're, they're good at letting me protect that time. Okay. And I, it's easy to do it men after hours most of the time, right? Right. And I guess there's nobody coming in and yeah. Right. Okay. It's not easy to try and teach after hours. Right. 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 So yeah. to me that trumps it anyways. Got it. And I guess in this year specifically, like you mentioned, like hopefully getting a period. I know that substitutes have been in short, short supply this year, given the amount of absences. So mm -hmm. I feel like that's probably exacerbated this year. Mm -hmm. Okay. And to extend to that, and I, I mentioned before, <laughs> working on pronouncing Nate's name, but uh, in terms of, I know in other situations, how late I mean, we're so like, how does your, when does your day finish up then when you actually get in your administration? If it's okay with. Right. <laughs> Depends on the day. Okay. Okay. Uh -huh. Right. Like I used to be bad. I mean, it helps that when my kids were young, I had to leave to get them to places. Right. So, I mean, the invention of the laptop was awesome, right? Cause I could take it with me. Right. So if I was sitting in the skating rink while figure skating practice was going on, I just worked on stuff. Got it. Right? Okay. So yeah. it was portable. Um, don't get me wrong. There's some times where I have to just say the day is done. Right. And I leave. Okay. So I'm still not very good at that. I'm not good at saying, oh, this will wait till tomorrow. Right. So someday, you know, I try to get home by 630. That's the... That's I the goal time. Okay. That's my goal time. Okay. Sometimes I'm not so good at that, but I'm much better at making sure my staff get out of the building. Right. Than I am at getting myself out. Okay. I don't know. If and you ask my family, they say I'm never home, so I don't really know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I guess the the thing I want to and something that like this is me um, from, from what I've heard from you, like, I feel like, uh, like you mentioned hockey and stuff, but like, I feel like team is something very significant. Like when I hear you say this, like on a year to year basis in terms of subject, what subjects you're teaching and stuff, it sounds like it's like what my staff needs. Like if there's something missing right now, like you're going to put that on your back or on yeah. your shoulders and absorb that. So I guess, where did that come from? And is that something very central to your, your philosophy towards administration? I don't know. Cause to me, if, if that subject needs to be taught and someone needs to do it, I cannot not teach it if I need a kid that needs right. it. Right. Okay. okay. Right. Yeah. Um, and I get. I guess I uh, maybe to like re rephrase like um because like uh what am I trying to say like is it a um I'm trying to think like math three to five is an example and it may be like is it something that a, a teacher that you might have might voice like yeah I don't know if that should be me for that one that it's like uh, okay I got this then like I, I got sometimes it okay okay you know like I'll I'll use arts ed grade one to six the one year I taught it because everybody's like you can't put that many kids together in a room okay well let's see I'll teach right. it let's see if it works. I'll wear this experiment we'll see yeah. how it goes and it's yeah okay yeah, okay, got it. So that's kind of how it is. Yeah, and then it worked. Right. And I, if if I can't do it, like, and I, if I can't 
trial it and make sure it works, then it's not fair to me to say you have to do this, right? Expect that of your, right. your staff, right. So okay. I guess that's me modeling that you can do certain things with a great amount of people if that's what your option is. Okay. I can tell you, honestly, I, I'm not a good grade one, two teacher, <laughs> but I know that. Right. But I was still willing to go in there and say, it can work if you were organized. Right. It's all about planning and organizing. Right. Would, you know, and then when, if I, now when I do it and I have people coming in, they're like, oh my God, I have a plan for you. I can help you get started. Right. I've trialed it. You might be able to make it better, but this is how, kind of how I did something. Got it. Okay. So it's my own experience being able to help someone else move forward with it. Okay. Does that okay. make no, sense? It, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I guess, and the, the phrase that I sometimes hear, um, I think just in education, but it probably permeates across all different jobs and stuff as well. Like, I just, what I'm hearing from when I hear you say, like, uh, uh, the idea of, like, you trust the teachers to be able to handle an emergency sort of thing, unless it's, like, a big one sort of thing outside of the class. But, like, I guess, like, trust seems pretty foundational, too. That micromanaging is the phrase that comes to mind. It really doesn't sound like that's the, no. the culture. And I guess what is, you have any ideas, like, like what is that born out of, or is it, Again, something like the the trust and kind of how that comes about. What is it? I don't know. I guess my question is like, how do you, where does that come from? And is that something that you regularly are like, it, or is it just something that's like part of who you are? I think it's just part of who I am. Okay. Okay. Like that's I, cool. I don't have time to micromanage. Right. Okay. Right? Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I just think it's like, I, I wouldn't want to be micromanaged, so... I don't have time to micromanage, so let's make it work kind of where we all trust each other. If you need help, I have no problem helping you, but some of those little things you can you can handle, and I trust you'll handle it properly. Got it. And even if they don't feel like they can, they'll still come to me, we'll talk it through, and they can still go deal with it. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a quick, like, check and to confirm yeah. this is the right Is it okay if I did this? Yes. Yeah. You're good. Okay. Right. Got it. I guess, yeah, building the capacity in those yeah. cases, too, that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Even Aaron Foster? <laughs> I had to work in some kind of trip of Aaron at some point, so I, I wasn't sure how to sneak it in. But We yeah. team well together. Okay, okay good. <laughs> okay. Um, the first time I came out there, he threw a chirp my way before I even got into the school or something. Yeah. Well, well, look who it is. The grace us with his presence. <laughs> and I was just like, yep, hi, Aaron. Good to see you. Yeah, bye. he chirps me, but I can chirp back. <laughs> okay, good. Um so, uh, like, and today we're recording like right after an admin meeting. So, um, and eyebrow would be considered a north north school in the division. Yep. So, um, do you find you're collaborating a lot with uh, like Sandra out in Central Butte or some of the other schools nearby as well on a regular basis? Or I think in the rural, we all have the the go to people in the rural that we can phone up and ask questions or problem solve together or group solve. Is there any? No, I don't think I don't have any. <laughs> right like yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's kind of funny because like i charla used to work in eyebrow right okay right so we already had that connection right sandra comes from davidson when we were davidson school division i knew her through math like her right. and i went to math and so i don't know that no i don't think we unless they do and i don't know about it <laughs> <laughs> there's a secret north north school meeting club that elise is on that, the outside i'm not invited to <laughs> If it makes you, that's basically what high school was for me. I feel like that was a regular <laughs> thing. So yeah. And then okay. I, if I guess I, what I don't know doesn't hurt me. I right. got big shoulders. <laughs> I don't know. 
That's right. Okay. Um, and I guess, so this is an extension of that then. And I, the example I sometimes use, I remember growing up, my mom taught out in Mortlach and I remember there being like a big, like Mortlach Carimport rivalry once mm-hmm. upon a time. So is, is there any eyebrow central butte or eyebrow crake or any? I think maybe at one time there used to be, but with like, with the world getting smaller, we do a lot of co-op. So okay. we've had co-op teams with Central Butte. We've had co-op teams with Creek. We've had co-op teams with Chaplin and Mortlack, right? So it all depends on our numbers sometimes. Right. Okay. okay. So I think we're too small to be fighting against no, each other. No beef. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. You know, and we'll get together lots. If we bring a guest speaker in, we'll call each other up and say, hey, guest speaker at my house this time, everybody come, right? right. Okay. So we try to support each other that way. Okay. Instead of work against each other. Got it. Yeah. yeah. No. That makes it, and I guess uh, my my to extent like it sounds uh, like definitely connected on the like. Is there anything is this with the students or is it like with that co op programs and stuff too? Like the kids kind of like know each other, yeah. a little bit from that too. Cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. And I that that was yeah. I was curious how how it shook out. So, okay. Um, I just want to we'll look and see here where we're kind of we're at. So, um, <clears throat> what I wanted to ask. Um, so in terms of like extra cur and like community involvement, and I guess you mentioned that your husband's like their, their family's part of the eyebrow community in general. Mm-hmm. So, um, how, how do you navigate that? And I guess what I, like we, I talked to Durston a little while ago, talked to Nate a little while ago and like in Moose Jaw for Durston, he mentioned like when he's at a warrior game, it's like his T track kind of comes off a bit cause he doesn't have to, unless he bumps into a student or like in public places maybe, but like he can kind of separate one from the other. But I feel like in rural communities, maybe it's just, it's, you're always, you're always Miss a- Mrs. Aiken. Pretty much. Okay. Okay. And I guess, um, how does that land for you? Like, is that, is that another example of like, which like it's kind of been how it's been and what you've seen yeah. and stuff that it's just, it's just what just it is. What right? okay. And like even former students who leave and come back, I'm still Mrs. Aiken. It's kind of right. funny cause it's Mrs. Aiken and Rob, which is my husband's <laughs> name. Right. So I don't know. It just is, but I'm part of the community too. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You know? Right. Yeah partake in the events that happen outside the community too okay and what i i, I to to open that up what are some of the events that happen in eyebrow just to oh well even any fundraisers or any gatherings you know my kids when they're young we were in the dance club we were in the curling club we, okay. right like you're just part of the community you work at events so you need a worker yeah i'll come work got it okay. right so, so is there some bond spiels out in be there used enough. to be our okay. our curling rink has shut down. Okay. Um, the unfortunate part with rural, sometimes you get smaller and smaller, and it makes it harder to sustain. Sustain. Yeah. So yeah. that's when you start doing the co-oping, right? right? Okay. Okay. So, Got it. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, I'm thinking of. Uh, I remember hitting up. Uh, Tagaski used to have like a Sunday Sunday brunch mm-hmm. that was absolutely delicious. There. They still have it. Up. They do. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Every and other everybody Sunday. Go- everybody goes. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I guess to that too, um, what's the, are there some local spots in eyebrow that, uh, if a teacher's subbing out there should be hitting up, uh, grabbing a snack or something like that too, or what's, uh, we, we used to have the restaurant that was the gas station that became a restaurant was open up, but that is not COVID has caused a lot of stuff that is, you know, closed and hours have changed or whatever we got still it. have our community store and we still okay. have the post office right okay got but, it got it okay. yeah all righty yeah we do travel a bit more like we don't have a bank anymore so right you banking you gotta you know which made it well, that was a new challenge for a school right right when you don't have a bank in your community right okay and I, can you elaborate on that a little bit though i guess like to for 
for fun, like to get money is if you run short at the canteen, you can't just run downtown, right? right? Yeah. And get some more from the bank. So you, you, we just learned to be more proactive and right. make sure we have stuff. But now, you know, everybody's so moneyless and it's all school right. cash or yeah. whatever. So yeah. it kind of looked at itself. But that was a big panic when, as a school, when that happened, you had to be more proactive. Right. I guess it was a good thing I was in this city five times a week because of skating yeah. and hockey that right you know Elise is making a bank run to yeah, yeah, much, yeah. get right? the get the caddy good for the canteen yeah. okay yeah got it got it okay yeah. um and i guess to extend to that so what are like and this is me like exposing my lack of knowledge about the the challenges that would be coming up in a row because i would have had no idea never would have thought to that but yeah. are there other other ones that come to mind that like as someone like a urban educator such as myself or like basically my whole career, what's some other challenges that like, I guess you wish urban or people in the city would, would know, I guess, about some other things. Are there other things to the like of the bank? Um, I don't know. Like you just have to remember that to any extra activities that you want to do for kids, curricular related, you're an hour away to get anywhere. Right. 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 So the availability of uh, local resources to access yeah, for, you yeah. know, Okay. We don't, we can't just walk down the street and for swimming lessons. Right. Right. So there's some of that stuff. So there's some co-curricular, I mean, we make it work out in the world, but it's not, it's not an easy process to organize, to come in for uh, our presentation when it takes two hours to get here and right. back. Right. Right. So, I mean, that's something you got to really think through. So when you, you're bringing a whole class in to do an activity, you fill the day. Right. Yeah, make it count because you, yeah. you only got so many trips yeah. that you can take in the year yeah. too. Okay. And I guess, and I don't want to get into like budget too much, but how does the, um, I guess that would be a factor to it too sort of thing that you'd like the travel expenses of like getting yeah. a bus to like in my brain and I was at King George, they go to King George to Kinsman, you could probably just walk there as opposed to getting a bus, renting the, or getting the bus driver yeah. Um, as well. Yeah, that adds up in yeah. a big hurry when you're trying to explore different, different are there, um, um, and I guess... Tough to say, but I guess in my bit, like, are there community members? Like, do you get a lot of community oh, yeah. participation and stuff like yeah. that as well? And is there a influx or like a yeah. lot of opportunities? Community there? is awesome for driving, right? Like, so we can't always get a bus because you might not always have a bus driver. Right. But our community members are awesome at stepping up and saying, okay, we'll help you. And right. they'll help drive or whatever. Kids are hopping in with Rob today. And yeah. 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 Okay. Got There's it. a reason why I have a forerunner, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, like, don't, like, it's not a detriment. It just means we have to work harder to make it happen or more efficiently, not harder, more efficiently. Right. To make sure that it happens. Okay. Okay. Um, and so I, I, as I'm sure you would, but your name was suggested as someone to interview, <laughs> uh, sure which, which normally I translate into. And like, like I said, I've talked to, talked to Aaron and I worked a little bit with Matt before too. And I haven't worked a lot with the other teachers out there before, but, um, obviously like admit, like you're spoken well of. Um, so oh, I want to, I want to circle back to that and just kind of like, what's, uh, like, are there any other like key pieces to your, your administrators or like as a, as a school leader and stuff that you find, um, find it successful for you or that are kind of, yeah, I don't know fundamental to your practice well in a rural you got to all work together and be on the same page right okay and support each other and like i don't know i just i can't see myself being anywhere else but in the rural 
and I have a passion for the kids that I teach and I like being in the community and I like knowing the people I teach. Right. Right. And their family history. And I mean, um, I hate to admit it, but I'm been there long enough now that now I am teaching kids Some of the kids, kids of I kids taught. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which, yeah. it, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah. It yeah. just shows that like, I guess I like being consistent and I like knowing them. Right. Right. So I don't know. I just enjoy, I enjoy teaching to be the truth. Like the admin was just there. I, I never set out to be an administrator. Got it. It wasn't my plan. Right. But alas. Yeah. You know, but I guess I like it. I'm feel like I'm a hundred years there already, but I don't have a problem with that. Like when kids ask me, it's like, I enjoy it. I'm still enjoying my job. Okay. And I, I, yeah, the, Awesome to hear for, for one, like, right. um, and that's know. like, it, like, as you say that, like, uh, I don't know, I'm on year nine, I think year nine or something like that, but like to, to hope to still have that passion. So like, I, I'm optimistic. I will, I still feel good right now, but I, I think it's a, it's a really cool thing to hear you say that. So it's like, it's cool that it's still something that's like the relationships and being with the kids is still something that's, that you're yeah. enjoying. Uh, and, so. and there's always a challenge and I like challenges. Right. Yeah. Right. I guess every day it's a new one. Yeah. Whether it's, yeah. Okay. Walk through the door and it's like, oh, you know, bad weather. We have no teachers. Okay, let's make th- right. Like, yeah. I just I like I like the challenge, and I'm okay with thinking on my feet. Do I think I make all the decisions right? No, right. But at least I feel like I, after 29 years, I may have learned something. Got it. Is and it- I'm hoping that what I'm learning is rubbing off on other people. Got it. Okay. So, and you say 29 years, so. Uh, how, how close is the how close is the end in mind here? i don't know okay. like and i've been asked that a few times and like i don't know i always used to say like for sure until my kids are done well my youngest is graduating this, this year is it, yeah but am i ready to i don't i'm not ready to not teach yet right and i guess it's for sure if you're still engaged and enjoying it mm-hmm. like yeah yeah still passionate about it you, you silly not yeah. to, i don't know and i don't know what else is on my bucket list right yeah and I guess when you say like the challenge, the daily challenge sort of thing, like I, at this point in time, I don't know what I'd do with myself if I wasn't mm-hmm. working on a daily basis too. So like to think about what's next. Yeah. I don't, it's uh, it's yeah. far away for me too, but yeah. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. And I mean, I, I still, I'm enjoying teaching, but I mean, I still work on the farm too. Right. Right. So. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> do i want to work on the farm full-time <laughs> <laughs> might as well just stay in the classroom a little bit yep got it okay right like <laughs> i don't know am, am i starting to think about it oh i don't know like right yeah no idea got it okay and i this is just a like a, a, coming back when we talked about like the fives taking care of the threes but like on a wildly bigger scale to the fact that like students that you be to like that their kids are there. I wonder if even some of the the routines and lessons learned from when those students were in there actually transmitted into the parenting, which further enhances the grade three to five dynamic that exists. But well, I don't know. You'd have to ask one of my former uh, kids. Okay, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but that's a, like when, I, when as you were saying that, I was like, oh my goodness, like yeah, that's that's really cool. And even like the the relationships that that allows for in terms of parental communication and stuff like is like would be wildly better than when like, and I say me, for example, like yeah. I t- teach 130 kids or taught 130 kids in a day. And like, just to be able to maintain yeah. a relationship seems very out of reach that, but yeah, I don't know. I like to think maybe I was okay teacher for them and that's why they're still in community. Right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Like I don't set their kids there. And, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Got but, it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so is, uh, 
and I, I we have like a lightning round later, but I kind of want to like, are there any um, administrators that you you kind of like look to or like when you were um, in your contracts before becoming an administrator that were like you wanted to emulate or certain skills or things that you kind of saw from there? Or is it, again, kind of like a almost subconscious incorporation I of think subtle maybe, things that you see here and there? Yeah, I think that's it. Be like, oh, I kind of like how that was. Oh, I kind of like that one, you know, and maybe... I'm a people watcher, so maybe that's right. why. Okay, you know, and 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 to be honest, maybe well, um, my dad used to be a principal, and maybe I remember hearing things about him or people in the community talk about him, and it's like, hey, like he was well liked. That that that's good to be a teacher and have people support you, right? right. Yeah. So I don't. I think it's mostly because I'm a people watcher, and I pick certain things that I watch for and it's like, hey, I might I be like able to that. do that. Yeah. Give that a go. Yeah. yeah I'm going to try that. Right. And I'll test it out before I make any of my staff right. test it out. Right. I'll let Pretty you know much. how it went. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I don't know. I can't say for sure that I had any one person. Okay. But pick and chose from a variety of people that I've met through the years. Right. Okay. And I guess the, the I like your, your usage of the phrase people watcher. It's like, a, um, and I don't know, like we talked about how much, time you actually get to spend this in admin and stuff too. But I feel like administrators are in a potentially good role to be able to observe other teachers and stuff as mm -hmm. well. So if, if time can be made, I think it, to, to your point, like case in point, as I say, you're spoken well of and stuff like that, like people watching works um, <laughs> as you Maybe. incorporate things and like you can assess and see what kind of works and doesn't and incorporate and test it out for yourself. So, yeah. and even your mention of like, uh, like there's things you've messed up, like owning your mistakes and stuff too, like that kind of stuff permeates and builds culture in your school too. So it's, it's, cool to hear and have this conversation with you so thank you again it's yeah like and it's okay to make mistakes yeah. right like as well, i like to think if i make a mistake i'm learning from it like right. i'm not trying to like i'll admit it right i admit it when i'm wrong i admit it right got it and i'm I just even if talk it's Aaron. It. yeah <laughs> sometimes i have to agree sometimes <laughs> i have to but i don't i don't know i just feel like if i can admit if if i model how to be a better person and show when you make an error yeah. and make it better. What, what more can you do? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, the, it, yeah. <laughs> In my head, like it's a, um, it's something I feel like maybe sometimes like it, it, it isn't super complicated. You like just being real with people sort of thing and owning your yeah. stuff. Like it goes a long way to building relationships and like having those difficult conversations, I guess if that's the case. But. Yeah. And, and I think, and I think that's right. And I think the kid like this, I call them my kids, but the students that I teach, like the other day I had a good conversation with a, a group of them and I said, you guys, you know, I'm going to be straightforward with you. Like, I don't, I'm just going to call a spade as a spade and we're going to be honest with each other. And then we'll have a conversation. Right. They're like, I cannot not be with honest with you guys. Right. And straight to the point and let's get to the bottom of it and let's problem solve together. Right. And then I, I hope that they appreciate that because I always tell them I'm not trying to be hard or mean. I'm just trying to make you guys independent thinkers and learn to fight for what needs to happen. Right. Respectfully. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, it's <laughs> like I, the, the next question that I want to ask is like, so like when you have like a difficult conversation or difficult topic to approach, but like if again, it comes back to like culture building, like in my head, it, if your your practice is always being like very very honest, like mm -hmm. the students know that, the staff know that sort of thing. That any of those little, I would say, like almost like 
systemic lack of trust or little like questions people sometimes might have about school of like, oh, I don't know if I trust my teacher, like mm-hmm. in some ways, because like could be just existing coming into it or anything like that. Like when it is that encapsulated into all of your interactions and stuff with other people, it's, I don't know, it, it's cool to hear how um, almost preventative that is. So you can have a conversation with students and like they know you're not almost yeah they're not they know you're not being dishonest or there's no smoke and mirrors to it or anything right it is what it is and i learned years back too that like you and when you have a kid in your office and it's been a bad day for them and maybe for you i learned a long time ago that you can have the ugly conversations with them and explain what they've done wrong and have their consequences or whatever but if there's anything i learned the most important thing i learned with them is after we've had the discussion and it's over and things are settled and yes they still might not be happy with whatever the consequences were but they never left my office without me thanking them for having a conversation right okay right so it's that you know i get that that was an ugly conversation we had to have it but thank you for having that with me nonetheless yeah right coming into a known uncomfortable situation and still doing it anyway yeah Yeah. and uncomfortable for both of us sometimes right. and yet knowing that okay we got through it together so awesome thanks for coming got it that's cool yeah i don't know no i i like it i lo- like i love how you you keep sometimes you end with i don't know sort of thing and stuff, <laughs> but it's like it, it sounds like it's working really well so yeah, yeah. or i'm just yeah. winging it i don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> oh, winging it yeah i don't okay. know um Okay, so I, I wanted to, like, we had, on the list was asked about multigrain subject areas, but we've kind of already talked about that. But um, I guess to, to ask, what's, uh, I would say the past two years have been full of a lot of challenges and stuff, but what have some, been some big successes to the past, uh, I guess, like, this year specifically or the past couple of years? What are some successes that you've seen from maybe some of the, the greater challenges that the past couple of years have? I think successes, like, even if we go back to when COVID first hit and the school shut down and, you know, and we were told it's over and the kids could be done. And I still had kids that connected with me and said, Miss Aiken, I'm still working through this math. Can you help me? Yes. Right. And still having that connection with them. Like to me, that was a good success. And they were at home at their kitchen table and I was at mine and we just kind of made it work because some of those kids in the old grades didn't have to. Right. Yeah. And yet they were still willing to kind of learn it because they knew it would help them later. Right. Does that make So to me, that's success. That's showing them that they were, that showed me that those kids were willing to take responsibility for their learning. Right. And even though they were told they've already passed the year. Right. They were still willing to work with me on that subject. Right. So that they had the prior knowledge they needed for the following year. Right. Yeah. And so I, I thought that was a success. I mean. Not everybody did, but I mean the ones who stepped up and wanted to do it. That showed me that 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 they are taking responsibility for their learning. Right. Yeah. And I get when I when I think too of um, and like to use the word like extrinsic motivation and intrinsic mm-hmm. motivation. Like, I feel like one of the big hopes is that someday your students can just like like learning because it's something they know they're going to improve with, yeah. and that's what you hope that they're going to adopt at some point in time. So it's really cool that I guess that you got to see that in yeah. practice. Yeah. Uh, from a challenge too. So. You know, yeah. and I mean, it, was it perfect for everybody? No, but at least we still were making connections, still having conversations, even if it was through a screen. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think that was a success. Got it. To be able to still have that connection with them, even though we weren't in the same building. Right, Because yeah. to me, it's all about the connection with the kids. Right, yeah. Yeah, foundational however. to... Yeah, however yeah. it may be. Right, yeah. Right? Okay. 
And I, when, when I hear you say that, like, I remember talking to some teachers when, when everybody was sent home and, like, it was, you're, you're passing this class now. And so, like, I know some teachers who had in town, like, 25, 26 kids in their class, and there was one kid still doing mm-hmm. work, and that was it. Mm-hmm. It was all, like, we're good. I don't need to do this. I'm going to yep. go fire up Fortnite. And yeah, <laughs> and, and I agree, right? Yeah. Like, and they did with some subjects, too. But yeah. it was almost like, you know, there were certain ones that I kept saying, I know you don't have to do this anymore, but it would really help you. Right. And they were willing to trust me and do it. Right. Yeah, right. That's cool. Okay. Um, and I guess to, to build on that, I feel like my, my next question was going to be, what's like, do you have like a favorite lesson or teaching story? Um, uh, independent of that one that mm-hmm. immediately comes to mind as I ask the question, is there any like big moments in year blank or this year where it was like a cool moment that you're always going to, I guess when I talk to teachers, sometimes they say, like, oh, I should write down every time I like have like a cool moment sort of thing. So then you have this big like memoir when you're, mm-hmm. when you're done your career for like different things. But are there any, any stories that come to mind for you right now? I don't know. I think, I think I have little cool moments throughout the day all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can teach some kids and then have a giggle and, and laugh about some of this stuff, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. So I'll even just use, Yesterday, as an example, my math class, I have some critical thinking math maps on my math table in my math 9 and 10 room. And and I just set them there, didn't say anything. Some were in boxes still, some were sprawled out. Right. Some were opened, some weren't. And I taught my class, and the kids were working through their assignments, and then there was about 10 minutes left, and the one student goes, what is that stuff over there? I was like, hmm, go check it out, <laughs> you know? And so just them seeing, like, them migrate towards there. And all they were were the the manipulates, the puzzles, the wood puzzle you take apart, put back okay. together. Yeah. Or the, the round balls that have a ball inside and you turn them and you try to run the paths. Right, yeah. So just different critical thinking challenges or those metal pieces that you have to put together and put take apart, put together. Yeah. And I didn't say anything. I just said, oh, go check yeah. them out. Or that curiosity and go, go yeah. Get yeah, and that was kind of neat because I could see them looking, and I kind of said it that way on purpose just to see. Right. And it was kind of funny because then I finished that math class and then went down to my three, four, five room and came back, and then there were more kids in there. Got it. Right. Yeah. Dream break. Right. So it's even the scene that I can still pique their curiosity. Right. Even if I'm not teaching them the math anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess I what I what I love about your response to that too, like that that's yesterday, right? Yeah. That I I don't know. I remember like how I how I feel in the classroom on a daily basis, like it and when when I look back or like right now I'm whatever two years removed from class, but when I look, I just remember how I feel. Specific stories sometimes don't necessarily come to mind, but I don't remember feeling bad ever in the classroom. Like I remember just a lot of good wholesome. Yeah. interactions with kids on a regular basis too so like if it was yesterday I could probably if i was teaching yesterday i could tell you something from yesterday but it's almost like every day is a good day so to like think of a specific story that stands out yeah like there's always you can always find something good in every day right right yeah it doesn't have to be this wow amazing thing but just the little things yeah. or the conversation in the hallway with them or badminton practice yesterday after school and laughing with them about something right, right. like yeah yeah it, so it might not have been a lesson, but there was good in every, there's good in every day. Right. If you choose to look for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the, I like the emphasis on that too. Cause yeah, I think, I think sometimes, uh, 
I'd say my, myself personally, but like sometimes the, the day sometimes makes you think you need to shift away from it, but if you can make it a priority to like shift back to it, yeah, it, yeah. it goes a long way. So, yeah. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. There's some days it's like, oh my, <laughs> <laughs> like where did they, get, they go? Like I don't even remember what happened, but yeah. you know, there's still something good in that day you can look back at. Right. Right? Yeah. There's got to be some, and if there isn't, then there's got to be changes somewhere. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. Okay, I like it. Yeah, right. cool. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I really like that. Yeah, thank you. Um, so we talked a little bit about being close to, you're not sure when you're done yet, but is there um, the the word I sometimes throw, like legacy sort of thing, like so staying an eyebrow afterwards, is that part of it? And I guess when you're all said and done, what's kind of something you hope to, I don't know, be able to say like, like this is this is what I leave behind when, when you walk away from it. What's the... <laughs> I I don't know when I leave if and when I I leave I bro what will the school what will I leave behind sure or just say like your career in general what do you what's the what's the you hope to have left the kids with uh, I hope that I have left some kids somewhere the desire to be their best okay or to try their best and not give up right right yeah. like and I don't I mean after teaching a hundred years you can't expect a hundred years of kids right but. I hope somewhere along the way that I've made that impression with someone where they come to me 50 years later and say, thank, right? Right. Not that I need a thanks, but just knowing that something I said somewhere along the way, and I might not even remember just of saying it. Yeah. That it helped them make. Sunk in and was meaningful yeah. in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Okay. I'll and then it. all my resources I gather. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's, Yeah. Got it, got it. So I, I, that, that was my, when I when I moved into the, the classroom of my predecessor, I remember being a lot of resources in there too. So are you going to be bringing them with you or are they going to be? <laughs> They'll probably just stay there. I don't know. I'm a, I think all teachers are pack rats. I don't know. Like <laughs> when I taught in Watchers, I taught French from grade 7 to 12. Okay. And I still have all those French resources because back then it wasn't computer. It was handwritten, made, right. created, right? Yeah. And I still have them. Right. And if I was to ever teach French again from 7 to 12, yeah. I'd probably use maybe a quarter of it, right? Right. Because yeah. I am like to think my teaching has changed since then or it's new stuff or whatever. Yeah. But it's still there. Right. In case yeah. someone might need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm laughing because the, the phrase, like, in case someone might need it, that's like, I feel like the governing piece of the pack rat, like... <laughs> Right. Yeah, but like the, the operating principle of it's like, but I might need it. So right. Like if I do, I got it. And it came back when I took three, four, five signs on again. It's like, oh, I taught that my first year teaching. Got it. I taught science way back when. Yeah. So I dug through my stuff and was like, this is awful. <laughs> like, I thought this was good stuff. Not that I threw it all away, but it was like I could pull from it. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, I remember doing that lab. I'm going to do that again. And, right? So I still had it. And then I thought to myself, man, if I would have thrown that out a long time ago. Right. I wouldn't have even had a starting point. It's a cool uh, reflective piece almost, too, yeah. right? That you did forces you to look back at different points in your career too. It's like, so, oh, yeah. thank goodness I grew since then. <laughs> <laughs> that was trash. Okay. Yeah, that was an awful lesson plan. <laughs> Hopefully that's not one of the kids that comes up and says, do you remember this lesson from Science <laughs> yeah, 5 back know. in the day? It was, eh. I don't know. Oh, yeah, so. I do remember. It was awful, wasn't <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> okay. Um, so I feel like you've given given some of these, but is there is there any other tips? So like Monday morning, if, if someone was listening to this on their their car ride in on the morning or something, is there any tips that uh, from your experience that you think would be valuable for, uh, for teachers or educators out there to hear? Well, I don't know. And you 
I, I still believe, and then you see it at the bottom of my signature on my emails, like f- part of going in the right direction isn't taking the first step, but it's actually facing the direction you need to go. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right? So you got to face the direction and then move forward. Some people tend to move forward and then are not sure of the direction. Got it. So I think it's important, if there's anything I can tell, like even to start the day, it's important to walk through that school and then get into that right direction or that mindset. Right. To make it that day. Right. Look at where you're going. Yeah. And then, and then, then worry about getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Okay, cool. And maybe next year my model will change. Right. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I'll no. keep an eye on the signature <laughs> as we interact, yeah. Right? Like no. that, to me, that's most important. Right. You yeah. got to face the direction you want to go first before you... Okay. Move that way. Okay. I like it. Okay. Okay. Um, so I think we'll get to the lightning round to, to close it up. Um, so if, if you're if you're good, I'll, I'll get into it, and I might throw a couple that are that are off the grid based on things that have come up from uh, from our from our talks and stuff. But uh, okay. So uh, you're good. You're I think we'll, so. We'll try to go quick paced ish, but yeah. Okay. So coffee, tea. What's the first beverage of the day? Coffee. Coffee, okay, cream, sugar, both, black, both, both? okay, yeah. like double, double, triple, triple. No, like creamer. Okay, hazelnut. Okay, okay. international delight. Yes. Okay, there we go. We're good. okay. There's some some common area. Okay. okay, what was your favorite subject when you were in school? Science. Science and favorite to teach now. Math. Math and okay. science. Math and science. Okay. Um, what was the subject you struggled the most with in school? Math. Okay. Okay. So like bo- a love born out of the struggle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, so uh, what was the name of the elementary school on the high school that, that you went to? It was Richmond High School. Like it was Richmond School, K-12. Okay. 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 There we go. All yeah. right. Not Richmond High, like from the... No, Richmond with a U. <laughs> okay. okay. Richmond, right. Saskatchewan. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so and we talked about laptops, desktop, laptop, tablet. Laptop. Oops, laptop. Okay. Um, what is your favorite hobby currently? I don't for say I have a hobby. Okay. And I often wonder what it would be. Okay. But I don't, I don't know. I like outdoors. Okay. So, and I don't know. I like carpentry. I like okay. doing stuff. Okay. All right. With my hands, I guess, right? Like outdoor activities more than indoor. So carpentry-wise, do you have a go-to no, I used to, to teach the PA program, so I have learned by doing, I guess. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you watch any TV at all? Yeah, I watch TV. What's your What's your SWAT. go-to? Okay. All right. That's like perennial all time. Even like yeah. Like what's it? That's your okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, what was your go-to extra cur when you were back I, at Richmond? I played all sports. All sports. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So no, none of them stands out in particular. It was just whatever, whatever the school's doing, get it yep. and get it. Okay. All right. Um, do you have a favorite book? Hmm. Do I have a favorite book? No, I kind of go on spurts. Um, both my daughters are big readers. And if I see them reading something, then I'll say, Hmm, I'll read that. Okay. There. Yeah. I, I used to be a big Stephen King. Okay. He used to be my big read, but no, I'm kind of. I guess to the doing thing now too. Like I know for me, like I have a hard time sitting still long enough to want to read. So normally I'm wanting to go do something. Um, my family knows if I sit down, like I do my reading in the summer. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. if I open a book, I got to finish the book. Okay. Okay. God. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> so, Summer's the only time that allows for that to actually be it. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Uh, I'll throw this one in here. So uh, hockey, uh, yep. what position did you play? I played left. Left wing? Yeah. Okay. And what uh, what does your daughter play? She's a wing too. Wing two? Okay. Center sometimes, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. And do you, do you wish you were defense or goalie or anything or like wing was where you belonged? I don't, I didn't, I don't think I cared. Okay. Okay. Just I don't think answer. I wouldn't have been goalie. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know why. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I, oh. I, I feel like I always say like goalies are a different breed to, to want to get hard rubber puck shot on you at a regular basis sort of thing. So yeah. Like, know. and I used to coach power skating, so I like to do the skating, right? Like, right. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so what is something you feel you're very good at and something you feel you need to work on regularly? pass no i don't okay. No, that's okay I, that's okay, We're okay. I, I i'm not perfect at anything and i probably need work on everything okay okay that's okay we're good okay. um if you're traveling somewhere on a plane which i don't know if i ever had like uh where if you could go somewhere right now hop on a plane and travel somewhere where are you going oh uh, we'd go to pennsylvania and visit, visit my daughter perfect okay all yeah. right and window seat window, or, window seat yeah okay. all right and rob's okay with the aisle seat in that case Mm. Okay. <laughs> I don't really think I gave an option. Okay. It sounds good. Okay. Um, sweet or salty snacks? Salty. Salty. And what's your go-to? Salt and vinegar chips. What brand? Oh, Hostess probably. Or Ruffles. Ruffles? Yeah. Okay. So like the ruffled salt and vinegar chip. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I've Like Lay's sometimes gets thrown, so I've heard Pringles sometimes, but uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, ruffles. Yeah. They're good. They hold up? Yeah. Okay, I'm normally a ruffles all dressed if I had to. Well, th those are good too. Okay. All right, okay. Um, music, do you have a top song on your playlist right now? or is No, okay. I, I'm awful for music. My okay. girls give me a hard time because it'll be like, oh, I, mom, have you heard that song? No. <laughs> like, and they'll, the, my girls and Rob will all hear like three beats of a song and they'll start singing it. And I'm like, how did you guys know? I am no. I am not. Okay. And I don't karaoke because I don't sing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Got it. All right. Okay. Um, first job ever? Probably coaching figure skating. Okay. Okay. Um, first car or first vehicle? Yeah. It would have been a hatchback Chevette. Okay. Okay. Brown. Brown. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I I wish we had video just to pick up like the face you made there, sort of thing from it. Like a I don't cringe isn't the right word, but it's kind of like a yeah, brown. Okay. Yeah, got me to and from where I needed to go. <laughs> okay, as a first car shoot, I guess right. Yeah. Uh, do you first cell phone? Bag phone. Bag phone. Like so, like the okay. Can you elaborate? Like, and I I won't do a good. I remember bag phones, but can you describe it briefly for? Yeah. So it was uh, this bag? You open it up, and there's the phone, yeah. like the the headset that you would, the handset that you yeah. would hold up, and you'd plug it into your like cigarette car. lighter. Yes, in the car, right? In or, the car. Yeah. Okay. And if you want real good service, you'd have to take that bag phone and put it on your roof because the antenna would need to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, thank you, and I appreciate that clarity because I'm sure there's a if there's a new teacher listening to this, it'd be like what? But I remember like we I'm yeah. trying to remember what we were riding around in, but it was an old Honda Civic or something like that back there, or an Accord, and I remember the bag phone and the Accord back in the day growing up. Yeah, so, and yeah. The, I mean I didn't get that till I was in Watrous. Okay, right? So, yeah, like that was. Yeah. Other than that, if you run into trouble on the road, you Let's hope there was a it out or... phone booth around somewhere. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
I guess I say even like phone booth. Phone booth. That's a little station <laughs> where there's a phone available to you. And typically, sometimes, blue. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes the phone was attached, and sometimes <laughs> right, it wasn't. Too. Yeah, amidst the graffiti as well, typically yeah. written on there. Okay, uh, what is your favorite food? Chicken. Chicken yeah. in all its forms. Pretty yeah. much. Okay. Preach. I like it. Okay. Um, if only you got tomorrow off, what are you doing? I do have tomorrow off. So, but like it's just you. Everybody just else me? has to work. Yeah. Um. I would probably find something to do out at the farm. Okay. Whether it be, I don't know, something. Okay. And I, this is, um, I'll finish with, but I feel like people can probably infer from it. What's your favorite thing about being an educator? Making connections. Making connections. Relations. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And having fun. Having fun. Okay. And I guess it's all parceled together too. When you make the relations and connections, yeah. the fun follows. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, um, that's the lightning round. Is there anything else that uh, you want to discuss or wanted to share from it that uh, came up or a topic to revisit? I have one more question to ask yeah. after, but if you had something. I, I don't know. Okay, sure. <laughs> I, I don't even remember half the stuff I answered. So. <laughs> okay. Um, so, and what I want to ask is just, you mentioned like you got Friday off tomorrow. So like how, how much do you, like, do you really love the, the schedule that y'all do out there? It's What's kind the- of funny when we first looked at that because I purely looked at the alternate schedule alternate school year from an admin perspective okay knowing that i could shimmy how long we were in school during the day in order to get those times off yeah it wasn't until we actually had it that i looked at it as a parent and then it was like hey this is kind of neat right because we were traveling so much with the kids and then all of a sudden it was like oh i don't have to book this friday off for this competition we're going to or i don't have to book it off to you know, go to the hockey game or whatever, because it happens to fall on a Friday we didn't have. Got it. So I think that's when I truly made the connection. It was like, hey, from both perspectives, it's really nice. Okay. Like, it's nice to have it off from from a parent perspective so I can go with my kids and not worry about it. And then it was nice to have from a teacher perspective because sometimes, you know, adding the extra seven minutes on at the end of the day was well worth it. Right. Right? And it just gives you that extra time to... Huh. And when you're living in the rural, you need sometimes that extra day to get to some places. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And I, I, and is that something even when the kids were younger too, like at a younger age, like is that something that the community also like very much appreciates and responds to I think so. As well? Yeah. Okay. I think. Like at first where they were like, oh, well, who's going to, who's going to watch or how are we going to make this work? But I think now when they all, it's like, yeah, that was a good idea. Okay. I haven't had anyone come say me why, right? But right, right. Okay. So I think it works. Okay, okay, and that's that's something I sometimes look on with a little bit of with envy. A bit of envy, yeah. And yeah, I, so. and I, I do admit I will phone some former teachers that used to be at Eyebrow and now are working elsewhere, and it'd be like, oh, were you at work today? <laughs> I'm sorry if I bothered you while you were at work today. Intentionally got the list out of like, hey, who am oh, I yeah. going to tease today? Gonna, who am I going to text today? Oh, I'm sorry, you're in work today. Aren't you? Okay. So yeah, don't get me wrong, I do rub it in too. Yeah. And I, I, 
<laughs> Sorry, I really like that as a piece to end on. That, okay. uh, <laughs> um, so, so as you go to work tomorrow, that's exactly. I, I will have you in my thoughts. And that you're, you're I will send you an email. So, how was work going today? <laughs> it's, I'll probably be editing this. So, yeah, it, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I get to I get to relive this probably tomorrow. So, um, to that, I I do want to say again, like you are spoken very highly of by your peers, whether or not you know it or not. If no, there I is a if there is a side group that is they're talking about you, it, it's positive stuff. If like uh, the, the other so. teachers are. <laughs> out there so um so thank you so much for coming in elise um i i do want to emphasize like listening to you here too um it it it's it's inspiring to hear how how passionate you are about uh about teaching um after 20 20 plus years of being an administrator on eyebrow so so thank you so much for what you do for for your students and i i'm sure you're like a huge pillar of the eyebrow community too <laughs> well, so I, I don't know about that but maybe <laughs> but, um, to, to that question of like uh um looking back on it and even teaching the kids now, like I think it is a testament to how wonderful of an educator you are. So thank you again for coming in. And it, it was wonderful to get to know you better today. So well, thanks. Thanks. Cause I, I'm not one to talk my, about myself. It makes me uncomfortable, but thank you for making it. Okay. <laughs> good, good, good. Okay. Okay. That's the official. No, thanks assessment. for making it comfortable for me. <laughs> good. good. Yeah, okay. I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks a lot, Elise. Thanks. Okay, so I hope you that yeah. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that interview and like, so I don't know. Given given like a great interview, really really loved it. Um, I I feel like I I'm obligated to point out so like we stop recording and then like as we're saying there like I'm saying thank you and we're wrapping things up. Um, and it was on a Thursday that we recorded. Elise wanted to make very clear as she left um, was a reminder that she had tomorrow off. Um, so an absolute gut punch of a move. Um, by an otherwise wonderful lady uh, and interview. So, Elise Brutal, come on. Living that Friday off. Anyway, um, <coughs> some highlights about the interview that I thought were really, really cool. So, like, to, to get maybe a little bit philosophical, I think in a world in which we question everything about everything, which, like, that's a good thing and a bad thing, um, Elise really exemplified the importance of being transparent um, and honest with people as a leader. Um, and that that really has like a, uh, I don't know, I want to say an unquantifiable value, like, like just a really good value, I guess. Like that um, being honest and transparent like that just does, does so much towards breaking down um, hesitations or I don't, like even mistrust that maybe I think we all kind of enter different careers and fields with. So um, when you have someone like Elise that is that like, I don't know, tr transparent, clear, and like obviously trusts her staff as well to be able to do their jobs and stuff. I think that's talk about culture building is something that's very significant to team cohesiveness. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think it, it was really cool to hear that from, from Elise. And that was kind of a big takeaway to me and, I don't, it's not even like an education specific thing. I think it exists across a bunch of careers and fields and stuff too, that different, uh, different authority figures, maybe sometimes were a little bit sus, sus to throw out a word that the kids uh, probably still don't use. This is me again, trying to just stay young, but, uh, <laughs> um, I think there's natural like distrust or suspicions towards authority figures and stuff. And to, to hear that level of transparency and trust existing as an administrator there, um, yeah, it's uh, I'm sure it has wonderful 
implications about the the staff uh, staff and culture dynamics there. So yeah, and I, I guess like to to emphasize too um, that that mistrust. I don't want to use it necessarily negatively. I think it's a natural thing. I think it's even. I would argue a biological thing that it's kind of good to be a little bit of skeptical about things that, uh, in general across our lives and to even connect it into students in my classroom too, to think that like my students probably aren't always super trustful of me and it's probably or potentially justifiably untrust, untrusted. I don't know if I'm trying to articulate that right, but basically in my brain, um, some students come with a whole bunch of uh, experiences and stuff in the past that they may not be, uh, they may not be wrong to assume that I may not, I don't know. I have their best intentions in mind, but it, it their history may not indicate that that's, uh, that's how it always shakes out. So it's a good thing to frame too. And I think of it as a teacher. I think of it as a staff member. Um, and if you're an admin or whatever the, whatever title it is, you're fulfilling out there. Um, transparency. Thank you very much, Elise, for kind of exemplifying that. Um, we also talked a bit about comfort zones and public speaking after, and I, I, think I hinted at this at the start before we started recording or before I switched you over to the interview, but um, Elise mentioned the reservations she had prior to doing the the interview and how doing the speech for grad every year is tough. And I guess like, again, um, as we, as I mentioned with the transparency and honesty above, but just like wonderful, subtle modeling um, of doing something that makes you uncomfortable um, or doing, sorry, modeling of doing something that, uh, is good and you can learn from. Um, and in this case, like doing something that makes you uncomfortable, um, I don't know, helps you grow. If you're uncomfortable, typically that means your brain's kind of off, uh, off center. Or it's not quite, uh, in its comfort zone. And when you're out of your comfort zone, sometimes you do some more learning and stuff too. So wonderful modeling, I would say on Elise's part as well. Um, and I, I got the vibe, um, from Elise and I'm sure you might've too, from the interview, Elise isn't really the type to talk about herself too much either. So I, I do want to emphasize how wonderful it was to hear about her experiences and that she took time out of her day to, to discuss that with, with me and us. Um, cause yeah, I, I, I didn't even realize it, but, um, Elise had mentioned like when, when she's nervous, she do, she does like. I don't know. There's a couple things or whatever that's like, oh no, I do that. I do like, I don't know when I'm like unsure or nervous and stuff too. And, um, that awareness too, while still being uncomfortable with it, it, it was really cool to see and have that conversation. So cool, th cool things to take away, I guess, embrace some of that discomfort, push your, push your boundaries a little bit. And it's something that we would ask our students to do too. So it's, it, again, it's, there's kind of that uh, notion that I, I wouldn't ask my students to do anything. I wouldn't expect her to like, do myself sort of thing. And I think there was a cool little modeling that happened uh, of that with Elise that I think is something just so embedded into, into who she is. So, um, and I know for me, like when I, when I, um, I don't know, when I'm nervous, I, I wear it in my stomach. So meaning like it, it's not a pleasant experience in the gastrointestinal tract of Logan Petlack. So <laughs> probably, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I might take, I would rather do some of the things maybe Elise does when uh, she's nervous instead of how I wear it. But um, yeah. Anyway, so two things there, as I said, transparency was a really big thing that I took away and it's, it's value in building trust across different uh, relationships that we have with others. And of course, next, like going out of your comfort zone a little bit and still trying to do that. And I, I think we talked about retirement a little bit there too. And that like still, still trying to push that and do those things that make us uncomfortable well into our, our careers, I think is a really good practice too, to keep us humble and keep us connected to the students as well. So Okay, so some suggested resources. Um, 
We're gonna, I'm going to highlight multi-grade uh, and split-grade support again, as as we kind of talked about a little bit in the interview, and Elise had some wonderful insights there. Um, I, I, and I I guess I don't want to keep just listing off everything I like from it because you heard the interview, you're good. But the the idea of how like it has long-term implications when you teach the three, four, fives, it's such a cool idea to me that like, hey, the work you put in with the threes right now is going to translate positively when you have them as fours next year to help your threes the following year. Um, but... If you do, uh, if you are wanting any resources, obviously hit up any of us learning consultants. We can try to give you something, or we can connect you with some other teachers, maybe who are teaching similar split grades across uh, across the division. But we we do normally try to offer some sort of professional de- development on it every year. So if you can, if you see it pop up in the weekly com, you know, give those things a read. There's no, normally some good PDs in there, and I think there's a learning opportunity site now available on Connect that you can also check out too. Um, but uh, one of the biggest uh, evidence-supported practices for multi-grade classrooms is the teacher efficacy is the phrase of basically like the belief that you're capable of doing it. Um, so I think as a, as a teacher, some sort of words of affirmation that you're capable. If you're an admin, support the teacher into believing that they can do it. Um, and if, like I said, if you know uh, some other teachers as well, like building that community, you, you all kind of pump each other pump each other's each other's tires you pump each other's tires up well enough too that it starts to build that uh, like a collective teacher efficacy too that that extends to the staff as well especially when it feels like uh, your admin is transparent and you can trust your admin too just like Elise um so uh what else do I have to add to that as I said yeah yeah, yeah. if uh, you if you still need stuff or you maybe don't know who to connect with hit up one of us learning consultants um we'd be happy to hook you up with some people um <clears throat> And hey, if you are wanting to hit me up, if you have any questions about the, the podcast, the interview, anything, uh, send me an email, petlack.logan at prairiesouth.ca, P-E-T-L-A-K dot L-O-G-A-N at prairiesouth.ca, or tweet me at Mr. L Petlack. But um, if you have any cool things happening in your school community before the end of the year that you want to share, um, cool stuff going on in our own community, or if you want to be a, a guest on the pod, we'll probably start booking into next year, assuming we have to keep this thing rolling. Um, I, I would love to have you on. Yeah, a couple people started throwing out some names, so I might be sending some emails shortly to track you down and maybe get you on before the end of the year here. But our next episode will likely have some graduating Prairie South students. Um, I think we got a couple of the high schools in town lined up. But hey, if you're uh, if, if you're a school and you you haven't contacted me yet and you want some of your graduating students to to appear on there, we can do it over Zoom, or I can come on out there and we can record one quick too with some of your kids because I think it would be cool to have have their voices reflected on the pod to end the year. So. Wellness highlight. Um, I'm going to say the weather is finally nice out after our third third wind of winter. Um, third, fourth. I don't know. We've had a lot of winter this year, and it just didn't want to go. Um, but get outside if you got a if you got a laptop or you're with your students. Like I, yeah, try try to just get outside as best as you can. That sunlight's just so good for us for the most part. Um, unless you get too much and you you know burn like 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 I normally do. But, um, and I, I bumped into Christy Soper the other day and to, despite the allergies, it just like, it's just still feels so good to be outside finally. So, um, and that was like the, uh, I don't know, wasn't super congested Christy, but it certainly, I did, there was, there was hints of the congestion living that allergy life. So those of you out there dealing with the allergies too, sorry, but I'm sure it still feels great to be outside. So good for the mind and body, get outside. Uh, reflective question. Um, that connects into the interviews. How can you be more transparent with your students, fellow staff members, um, or even yourself about um, about different things in in the day to to help build trust and uh, strengthen the relationships in your in your classroom or school community? So 
being more transparent. How can how can you do that? What are your what are your reservations towards it? And um, I don't kind of dwell and sit in that for a while. I think Brene Brown talks a lot about vulnerability, and vulnerability goes a really long way. And I think that kind of goes a little bit hand in hand with transparency too. So something to consider. Um, that's it. This concludes episode nine. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again to Elise for being our guest, even though you you hit me with that gut punch of a, hey, enjoy your Friday at work while I'm hanging out and not working, um, which I guarantee Elise is putting in some kind of work on the outside of it afterwards, but not, yeah. Anyway, it's on her terms on the Friday. Um, so I won't mention my contact information again. If you do have comments or feedback, though, please send them along through the email. Um, prove this for all of our listeners. Um, I don't know if I thank you yet, but thank you again for listening. If I did, um, if you enjoyed it, depending on what platform you're listening to this on right now, please like share, you know, um, increase the visibility, get more people listening to learning together and get our communities more connected. Um, and Hey, you know what? If you're, if you're an eyebrow right now, crack open a window at the school and yell so that they can hear you in central Butte elbow or Marquess. Okay. There's your, there's your sharing of it, okay? Um, <clears throat> apart from that, our music is provided by my good friend, Keanu Berger, who I'm looking forward to seeing this summer, Keanu. It's going to be great to see you. Um, and finally, thanks again. Thank you so much for joining us and learning together. See you next time. All done. All done. All done.